Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable this week, we've got Communion by Years and Years. And this is uh, the second week where we are on our road to Glastonbury. So years and years, we'll be there, we'll be watching them, uh, as long as they don't clash with Bananarama. Yeah. <laughs> Just going to put that caveat in. Very clear, yeah, I liked, I liked how you put that, yeah. And uh, I completely agree as well. And years and years are a British band, pop, dance pop, electro pop, synth pop band. Pop band. Pop band. Uh, three members. Obviously, everybody knows Ollie Alexander. Yes. Dan, who are the, them other two? Well, I think you're talking about Mikey Goldsworthy and Emery Tuckman. Correct. Um, of course, Ollie is the front man, the mouthpiece of the band. Very much so. Loud and proud gay man. Yes. Uh, and, you know, just wonderfully, unapologetically um, himself. Uh, and says it how it is. Yeah, he is a fantastic uh, ambassador for the LGBT community. And a wonderful role model for uh, LGBT youth going up today. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, um, we're a little bit beyond classing ourselves as, the youth. as youths. Yes. Uh, but you can appreciate that. And it's interesting because, as you said, he's the front man and this is very much a band, not a solo project, but on their... On their on the band's most recent album, it's just his face on the cover, isn't it? But we're not here to talk about that today. No, we, we are here to talk about Communion, which was released on the 10th of July 2015. So we're not actually celebrating a, a, an anniversary or a birthday or anything like that. This is no, no, we're way off the mark here. Strictly looking forward to Glastonbury. Um, and hopefully Ollie and the others are as well. Yes. Uh, and Communion was the debut album from years and years, and it was a fantastic new sound, I think. I hadn't heard anything as fresh. The combination of, it was very much pop, but I loved the kind of R&B and house elements uh, yes, that, came, that fall into it as well. I think what's interesting about this album and this band is that it, you mentioned all the variations of synth, whatever it is, and I can definitely hear in there the influences of Pet Shop Boys and New Order and some of the some of the artists that we you know are absolutely obsessed with. However, and a little bit like with Kylie last week, I hadn't listened to this album in full until we came to be talking about it for this podcast. Do you listen to any pop music? I'm not, Duran Duran. I'm not a big fan of music to be honest, <laughs> particularly pop. Uh, but if you are, you're listening to track by track. <laughs> and there was a lot of singles from this album, wasn't there? Yes, there were eight singles from this album. Uh, one single was re- released twice, featuring uh, Tovlo appearing, which was Desire, which we'll come on to talk about as we as we get to it. And I have to be honest, I think that's part of the reason why I didn't listen to it, because I felt like I knew so much of it. Uh, I think subconsciously I thought, well, what else can there be for me on this album? But we're going to find out. We are going to find out. And let's not waste any more time. Let's get stuck in to side one, track one. This is Foundation. There's a scratch on your shoulder Crushes me like Crushes me like lead And I wanna get older All the things I want I really shouldn't get If I try, I'm for you watching 
Wow, you can cut the atmosphere with a knife in that first one. It is. It's incredible because I'd imagine a lot of people would have come to this album after hearing King or Shine. And this sort of really, uh, really quite intriguing, isn't it? I really like it. I think it just sets the tone. It's like a nice slow build up. You can almost imagine the at a gig they'd come out and do this first. Yeah. Just to create an atmosphere. Yeah. And that synth work on there, particularly as it goes on and on and on, it's really simplistic. But, yeah, really sort of sci-fi, computer. And it's worth mentioning, production-wise on this album, uh, years and years uh, as a group produce every single track with uh, various uh, support. So Mike, Mark, sorry, Mark Ralph, um, who's also co-producing every track on the album from this track. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we've spoken about Mark Ralph before. And I wouldn't be surprised, as an Ivan Novello-nominated songwriter, he's worked with the likes, likes of Clean Bandit, Craig David, Rudimental, uh, Becky Friendly Hill, Fires, Rag and Bowman, Friendly Fires. Love Like Waves, you're... Uh, and if you have missed that, uh, the Friendly Fires episode, do pop back and check that out after this one. Yeah, finish this one first, please. So... Track two. Yes. This is real. Oh, I, I think I'm into you. How much do you want it to? What are you prepared to do? Think I'm gonna make it worse. I talk to you, but it don't work. I touch you, but it starts to hurt. What have I been doing wrong? Tell me what it is you want. Tell me what it is you want. Tell me what it is you Oh, I think that if I So that was real, um, and this really where it does start to warm up quite nicely. This song was written about uh, an ex. Mm. And it does, it is warming up, but it's not straight back in there. It's not straight in there with King, is it? It's kind of, they're, they're working their way to get in there. I love, again, I don't know what the musical terminology is. I love the ch 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 yeah. in there. The, 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 the percussion in this song is fantastic. It's a real fantastic... Uh, danceable, almost like hand-clapping beat, mm. uh, which is great. And I love towards the end, it kind of breaks down. The production on this whole album is very slick. It's For polished. a debut. Yeah. Well done, boys. Well done, lads. Nice uh, one, lads. And uh, Mark Ralph, uh, as you said, on all the tracks. So well done, Mark. Um, track three. And you've probably heard this one before. This is Shine. I'll be redefined It's shaking sky And I'm following I'm just going to put it out there, Will. That is my favourite song on the album. It's lovely, isn't it? Mm. I love how it almost feels a little bit like a ballad compared to some, some of their other big hits, but it really is a bit of a upbeat, euphoric thing at the same time. 
Believe it or not, this was the fifth single to be released from the album, but it was probably, as, as well as King, just after King, it was probably when they were re- just starting to hit that peak in their popularity from, yeah. from this album. And I loved this when it came out. I thought it was so nice, so perfectly pitched between like a kind of middle-of-the-road pop song and a dance banger. Yeah. It was just a great kind of meeting, meeting in the middle of the two styles. It really is. And I can't quite place... There's, when I think of a, a synth-led ballad, I think back to the 80s, but at the same time, this feels so current that it, it doesn't really sound like anything of that era. I remember there was um, a bit of a get-together, and I was asked, um, as people were entering the room, I was asked to put on something uplifting. And, you know, it's a real pressure when someone asks you to do that. And you couldn't think of anything, so you put this on. So, and, and no one really noticed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I put this on, and it, you could just see as people came in, because they knew they were walking into something. I'm not going to give away what it was. Um, you could tell as they were walking in, it lifted the spirits, it got them excited, and it just, it does literally make, make you want to put your arms in the air, doesn't it? It does. And this was written uh, for Ollie's new boyfriend at the time. Oh, after the real one. Oh, I don't know the timeline, but mm. uh, definitely something he wanted to impress uh, a new boyfriend. And he did, apparently. Oh, good. That's lovely. I'd be impressed if someone good wrote for, for me. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, this track was co-written with Greg Kirsten, who is probably most famous for working with Adele on Hello, but he has also worked with icons including Paul McCartney, uh, Thea, Kelly Clarkson, Pink, the list goes on. Track number four now. Take shelter. Take shelter. Take the pressure. So that was Take Shelter. I love, it's like a slower, almost a bit sort of R&B dance hall style to it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. We talked before or in the intro, you sort of said how they were synth pop, R&B pop, etc. And I feel like the uh, the thing that they take from R&B music is the rhythms. Mm. And this has got really catchy, like you, you were swinging your hips around there. I oh, know, sorry, Nelly had your eye out there. <laughs> yes, it did. Um, Knocked your glasses off. <laughs> Um, and I love how it starts the the rhythm when it starts is so unorthodox you're kind of not quite sure where it's going to go it doesn't almost doesn't feel right but it doesn't always feel right right. it doesn't always feel right at the start does it no you've got to stick with it Mm. and this is it's a lovely track Uh, I'm just going to say it's one of my favourites on the album but I think I would be saying that quite frequently on this Mm. album so it's a really strong track it was a single so it was the it was the second single. Okay, okay. I thought there was a snake in here then. <laughs> it was the second single from the album after Real. It got to number 140 in the charts. Well, it's fair cares? to say, fair to say they were still breaking through at that point. Mm. And this one was co-written by Thomas Hull, better known as Kid Harpoon. Uh, and as well as his own material, he also co-writes and has done a lot of work with 
Florence and the Machine, he's co-written Shake It Out, Never Let Me Go, and um, Sweet Nothing, the Calvin Harris track that she did. Lovely song. Great song. Yeah. So, uh, Kid Harpoon, a.k.a. Thomas Hull, not someone that I knew too much about before, but I'm going to be listening to him. On to track number five now, this is Worship. So that was Worship, and I have to say... It's my favourite song on the album. Is it really? Yeah. I, what I love about this one is there's a really nice chord progression in the bridge, and then it just builds into this uplifting, huge chorus, and then you've got those playful vocal samples towards the end of it. Before that, there's a real hum to the synth. I think there's lots going on in this song, but because of that polished production, um, it, it sounds like an absolute... Absolute masterpiece. I love the chorus, and that just refrain at the end of the chorus is just brilliant. It's atmospheric as anything. I think what I like about it is it's not as immediate and poppy as some of the singles, but it just gets inside your head. Yeah, and I can imagine hearing this. I have seen them live, I think think only once, actually, at Bestival a few years ago. Uh, You've seen them quite a few times, haven't you? Too many times. Too many. (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, but I can't quite remember it. I was a little bit enjoying myself. Um, oh, as many of your festival stories end <laughs> is, I can't quite remember what happened. I'm told I had a lovely time. I imagine this when played live. Again, it's not kind of the most uplifting bop like King, but I can imagine this is a wonderful moment to have a nice dance to. And this was co-written by the production team TMS, who have just worked with a, an absolute who's who of current greats, I suppose. Um, even people that we might not feature, but I just do phenomenally, like Lewis Capaldi, who is just everywhere at the minute. Um, James Arthur, Maroon 5, uh, they work with Dua Lipa and Steps, Emily Sande, Birdie, Fleur East, remember her? And another Ollie, Ollie Merce. So, Jessie J as well. Cher. Little Mix. Of it's like anyone who's average in the charts <laughs> these days. Right, time to move on before you uh, insult anyone else. Well, I say something I regret. Yes, I think you already have, actually. Uh, track six now, this is Eyes Shut. Well, nothing's gonna hurt me with my eyes shut. I can see through them, I can see through them. I'm drawing pictures, I'm evading. I will not use them. Will, I'm worried. So despite me really appreciating the piano in that song, Mm. I'd love to take a moment Mm. to talk about the artwork. I knew it. We all knew it, actually. So it's a wonderful, uh, very colourful design with, uh, you can definitely, it's almost like one of those magic eyes where you really have to look, but you can see the whys in in it as well. Uh, Really simple, but I just think it's lovely kind of sums up the band, their kind of kind of intricate, colourful design. Yeah. Bit Aztec, 
a little bit um, medieval, medieval, a bit eighties, sort of the pride colours going around it. Yeah, and futuristic. It's one of those album covers. I think even if it didn't say years and oh, are you just naming all the Crystal's Maze things? (laughs) (laughs) You just realised that. even if they took away years and the title and the band name, you would know this was them. It's, it's become synonymous with them, that image. And when you see them live, they always have that in, in some shape or form. Mm, perhaps they should fork out on some new backdrop. Uh, so this track was co-produced by Mike Spencer, uh, who interestingly we talked about last week because he worked on Kylie's Spinning Around. Huh. That's, every, everyone's connected. Everyone's connected in this world, in this in this track by track world, um, and also Two Inch Punch, uh, an English record producer, musician, remixer, and songwriter, um, co-producer as well. Now he has worked with a lot of current artists who are far too cool for us to even begin to think about talking about on here, including Ty Dollar Sign. Uh, Rex Orange County, James Vincent McMorrow. Well, I wouldn't call Sam Smith too cool for us to talk about on here. Oh, is he on there as well? He's on that list. There are some vocal similarities, though, actually, don't you think, between Sam Smith and Alexander, that um, a fantastic falsetto. And that's about the best thing I think we've got to say about Sam Smith. <laughs> Period. So, track seven. Ties. What we've just cut with Sam Smith. I don't think you're worth it. It's a lovely, gentle pounder. There's a lot of gentle pounding on this album, isn't it? A quarter pounder. Yes. Uh, and a couple we're going to get to later that maybe quarter pounders with cheese. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Uh, I love, I really like this. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I particularly love the combination of the sort of electric piano sounds with uh, some really deep production. What are you laughing at? Or keyboard, if you will. Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Um, and this is the first track we've got to so far that was co-written with Mark Ralph. He had enough of just producing, he wanted to get stuck into some writing as well. Wanted to get stuck in some royalties, perhaps. <laughs> Even more. I guess a little shout-out at this point for how how this album was received. Hmm. Uh, which, have, I have to say, was broadly very good. Uh, with particular, and I'm generalising from a, from a spread of reviews that I've read, uh, particular call-outs around the, the song, how good the songwriting is. Yeah. Some people did feel it's a kind of sort of dance, a a very generic dance style. But I, I disagree. I think when I first sort of heard of Years and Years and saw them, and I think it was after King that I got to know of them, I did think it was, made maybe made the assumption that the band playing behind Ollie weren't really having much to do with it. I, I just kind of thought that, you know, they were a bit like on X Factor when there's a solo singer, so they get a pretend band behind them <laughs> just for the performance. Um, and I was wrong because they very much are a band and they write like a band. Um, so I think sometimes, perhaps it's just the, the looks that can be deceiving or... 
even perhaps it's the fact that the music is so well polished that people think it's something that it's not. Uh, interesting fact, pop fact for you, that um, after the two other guys got together for the band, uh, Ollie Alexander joined to, as, on vocals because um, one of the other guys, I think it was uh, Mike, Mikey Goldsworthy, I heard him singing in the shower. Oh. And let's, am I let's right... draw a veil over the arrangements there. <laughs> am I right in thinking that Ollie was an actor before he was a pop star? Yes, you might have seen him in, uh, if you've watched, if you're a fan of um, Skins, he was in, he was in Skins. Was he one of the main ones? No, he was in... Because I watched the first few series. He was in one of the later series. He was also in the film The Riot Club. And in the British-American horror series, Penny Dreadful, as well. Right. I don't know what any of those are, so should we move on? <laughs> but you're right, he was an actor. Right. Uh, so this one, you've definitely heard of this one. Uh, this is King. 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 And that sort of the instrumental part of that track, that was everywhere, wasn't it, when that song came out? I love the the wave or the wall of synths in that. I think it's, at the time, couldn't be bettered. Yeah. Um, and it sounds almost like, I think it's part sort of indie electro little anthem, but I also think it's part... A Ibiza Club Classic, you could probably hear it there and uh, get down to it on the dance floor if that is indeed what the kids do in Ibiza. Just, you just sounded extremely old then. I'm sure you wouldn't mind me saying that. I would, actually. I'm quite offended. Do you think that... I'm, I'm kind of... I'm harking back to a few weeks ago when we talked about Eurovision. Would this song, if it was a few seconds shorter, be a Eurovision song? I don't know if it's... Instant enough for it to be a Eurovision song. Because hmm. you've got to impress in three minutes. You've got to be in and out in three minutes and you've got to leave an, a lasting mark. Hmm. But, you know, this song did... It was a big hit, wasn't it? It was huge. This was a number one, if I'm not mistaken. It was. I remember it was on the radio. I think it was one of those songs that both Radio 1 and Radio 2 were playing. I think you really know you're onto something if you're kind of straddling the kind of mainstream youth market and the mainstream mm. older than youth market. You're sort of straddling Nick Grimshaw and Steve Wright at the same time. Yeah. So what else is there to say about King that hasn't been said? I think the track speaks for itself. Uh, and I think we're on similar, similar territory now as we head into the next track, uh, because this is Desire. And it's track number... Ten. Nine. Nine. Is it Desire? Desire was released twice. Really? So it was originally released 
as the third single uh, from uh, the album or that they released, period. It was re-released uh, featuring Tovlo. I have to say they should have left it just the first time. So mm. I don't think, for me, she didn't add anything to it. It's very interesting when people do re-release uh, a track with additional vocal. There was... Um, the church was one, wasn't there, where they added the girl from Paramore, was it? Mm. And I did prefer the original version. And ditto this for me, actually. And it certainly didn't do any better. In fact, it only got to number 27 on re-release. And originally it got to number 22. I imagine it probably got more airplay, though. The well, and I think that was probably the idea with it, that it was yeah. more appealing to uh, a certain demographic at the time. I really love the sound of this track, though. It sounds like, it sounds like summer. I'm mm. not sure if that is steel drums that's, that I can hear in there, but it certainly sounds like it. And I think this, with a, a bit of a twist, could quite easily be a Hot Chip song. Very true, actually, because it's not as poppy as some of their other tracks. Mm. Years and years, I mean. The simplicity of the chorus and the, how it allows space for some vocal sampling and things like that. Yeah, I could imagine Joe and Alexis and co. getting on quite fine with this. Maybe next time they're in the live lounge, they could put something to it. Just a suggestion. Yes, not, yeah, not trying to stick my nose in where it's not wanted. For once. Uh, track number 10 now. This is Gold. Gold, and we're getting to a run of songs now that weren't singles on the album. We've got four songs coming up. Are you a bit concerned? I am. Is this album going to peter out? But Gold isn't petering out at all. And I love, it's much more housey and almost a bit ravey. Yeah, I have to agree. It does, there's a relentlessness to this song that I really like. And also, there's a great, Ollie's vocal is great. And actually, we haven't talked about his vocal throughout the album. He's a fantastic vocalist. And he's, I think he's gotten better live yes. over the last few years as well. His yeah. voice has gotten stronger. Perhaps he wasn't a natural singer. You know, maybe he's just a shower singer, as we heard before. But yes, I've, I've read that uh, previously. Gold, I have to say, whenever I see gold, I don't think of uh, the precious metal. I don't think of the ABBA Greatest Hits album. Here I think we go, of, here we go. I think of those gold bars, you know, the chocolate bars. Oh, I thought you were going to start talking about Spando Ballet. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. That's much better. Those gold... Oh, lovely. They're they lovely. Were. And yeah. actually, I saw um, a girl in the Trash Towers break room today. She had one in a pack-up. And I'm oh. half tempted to go and steal it. Or nibble on her corner. On a, a corner, sorry. I think we better move on. Um, yeah, so track number 11 now. This is Without. Wake up. Oh, it's a bit worrying, isn't it? 
this so uh, we had quite a nice really laid back uh, ballad before with eyes shut um but it had a bit of something to it, didn't it? And even though you've talked about the album artwork, I feel like it was... Uh, I think I might have gone too soon on that. I think you might have. Do you want to talk about the uh, the CD inlay? <laughs> um, uh, but I must actually say at this point, um, just when you see years and years perform live, um, they put on quite a show. Yeah, well, I, from um, when I saw them at Bestival a few years ago, yeah, it was fantastic. And you've got uh, some amazing outfits, all bells and whistles and confetti and balloons and all sorts. I think they really try and make it a just a party that literally everybody is invited to. Good. And I think when we get round to track by track live, it's probably going to be a very similar atmosphere. And was it was it not like that at the first trash line? Well, very much so actually. Yes. And um, keep your eyes on Move to Trash UK for information on. Uh, future trash live events i've heard on the grapevine um that it's going to be a bit of a summer party could be a summer party it could be bigger and better than that fantastic maiden voyage wow but just to be Watch clear years and years won't be appearing there so <laughs> let's move on uh this is the penultimate track on the album this is border i'll bring you crescendo in that song and it, as it picks up there's a lovely sort of swishing ticking sound that's going on right until the sort of it breaks down just for that vocal only close on that song yeah you're right I love how it builds up and I do love that in some songs where the, the music stops and the vocal continues yes and off the top of my head I can't think of another example <laughs> but I know it happens but isn't it lovely when it happens yes yeah takes you by surprise so that was Border we've got one more song to go on communion. Will, is this going to go out on an absolute confetti flying high? Let's find out. Let's find out. Let's find out together. This is Mimo? Mimo. No. Tender song, very tender, and and we didn't go out on a, on a massive high. There wasn't a donk on that track, but I like how there's a few different elements to that song, and it kind of ended in the experimental way that the album started. And actually, if you think about the album starting, that atmospheric build-up, some massive bangers in the middle. You know, you one might say that this is quite a nice way for it to end. For me, no, it's petered out. Sorry, <laughs> not having that. But I do want to touch upon the lyrics of this one. I think uh, you've mentioned with some of the big hits before how they were influenced by exes of Ollie's. And I do have a lot of admiration for how he does sort of... Uh, Get through boyfriends. <laughs> um, I was going to say sort of put his heart on the line and, and open up 
uh, for want of a better term, uh, the lyrics to this song, are you going to hide, are you going to burn, going to answer me, let me take your heart, love you in the dark, no one has to see. I'm intrigued, what's going on here, why is it a secret? I want to help him. Well, write him a letter, reach out. Is there a fan club address to the a P.O. box something Leamington Spa <laughs> they're all at Leamington I Spa think, aren't they? I think I had a little uh, postcard in one of my CD singles I'll go and have a look and they've all gone oh yeah they've been taken away so that's the end of the album but we've got some further listening are you going to pick it up let's definitely pick it up quite simple for this one uh, just choose something else that years and years have done so I have to be honest, once again uh, with this, I haven't heard any of the next album. Tut, tut, tut. Um, Will, I'd love to invite you to go first. Hopefully, um, I might get a, a bit of an insight to it. Yes, absolutely. And I have got something for you. Uh, it's, another co- it's another collaboration with Greg Kirsten, and it was featured on the deluxe edition of the second album, Paolo Santo, and this is Up in Flames. Dan, what did you think? Well, that is the best song I've heard all episode. Really? I, I've never heard that before, and I can tell you for a fact that I've listened to that song tomorrow. It's fantastic. I, when it started out, it felt much more, much more vintage than the sort of polished production of Communion. There's definitely some 80s influences in there. I'm glad you said 80s for I did. I was trying to get a curb around it. Um, and then that chorus, and again, his vocals, even you said live, his vocals got better, but on this record, his vocal sounds better. But the chorus is so uplifting. Really, really enjoyed that song. I'm so glad. It's one of my favourite songs. If I had to pick a couple of others off this album uh, to recommend to you, if you've not listened to it before, All For You, which is another uh, Greg Kirsten co-write and production, and uh, Rendezvous as well is... Uh, it's really good. But that's my favourite one off that album. It's great. It's a real banger. Yeah. Dan, what have you got? So, I spoke a couple of times about how I saw the band at Bestival. And one of the tracks that they performed, which I think was very new at the time, was this one. So, it's Meteorite. That was Meteorite, and that song was taken from the Bridget Jones Baby soundtrack. Uh, I can remember we went to the cinema to see Bridget Jones Baby. I can remember that as well. I don't know why I sound so surprised. Yes. I forgot that. Not uh, just us two. No, to be clear, no, nothing's no, going there were on. Many, there were other people there as well. This is and a we purely... definitely didn't sit, sit next to each other. No, I mean, you didn't do that popcorn thing with the hole in the oh, bottom. Oh, no, you've already said too much. <laughs> So until next time, I've been... 
Uh, I remember when this came out because it, I know it had probably been quite a while between the first album and the second album. Yeah, I think it was And this a few was years. the first new track in quite a long time. So it was lapped up. Yeah. And I'm sure Ollie wouldn't mind me saying, I'm sure for him that writing a song for a Bridget Jones soundtrack was uh, quite a feat. Well, I'm sure it was never originally meant to be for the Bridget Jones soundtrack. What do you not think? Well, it was written by all three members of the band and it was, and plus produced by the band and Mark Ralph, which does make me think it might have been a leftover from the oh. sessions for the first album. I don't know. I'm I don't sure know. I'm not. Because when you think of those soundtracks, the original one you had, Jerry's It's Raining Men, and then the next one you had uh, Jamelia covering Stop um, and Will Young doing Your Love Is King. And then from this most recent one, Bridget Jones' Baby, uh, there's that new song from Ella Golding as well. So I think those soundtracks have often been uh, quite important parts of the films. Are you a fan of the Bridget Jones films in general? Well, they're good fun, aren't they? They're good fun. I think I've seen them all once or maybe twice at the most. I think if, if yeah, I think they're on like Netflix, whatever. it's nice to have on if you've got nothing else to do on a Sunday afternoon mm. and you want to watch something mindless... Yeah. We're out of time. Sadly we are, but it's not the end of our road to Glastonbury, is it? No, we've got uh, uh, another one coming up next week. Dan, can you give a hint of a tease? Uh, Absolutely. So, this album that we're going to talk about, it's the newest album we'll ever talk about. The album is actually, has only just been released. Literally just? As I said that. Really? At whatever time you're listening to this podcast. It's just been released. It's just been released. It's probably our most up-to-the-minute track-by-track ever. Yeah. And, of course, it's The Road to Glastonbury. So this band are going to be performing the songs from this, their fourth studio album uh, at Glastonbury. I'm very excited for this. And I have to say, I know who you're talking about. And I have loved the first two singles to be released so far. Mm. So please do continue to subscribe to Track by Track on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Which is the name of this podcast, if you've uh, forgotten. And I did forget for a second there. Um, and also, please do give us a rating and a review. It really does cheer us up. And in the office next door, we've got two uh, middle-aged men talking about movies. Yes, it's Torn Stubbs, the Trash Movie Podcast. So if you are absolutely starving for some more information on all things entertainment specifically movies uh, to listen to that and if you agree or disagree with what we've been saying about years and years let us know at move to trash uk hashtag track by track um that's probably going to be for twitter uh so until next time i've been mikey goldsworthy and i've been bridget jones baby <laughs> goodbye goodbye <laughs>